Welcome, welcome, welcome to TikToking. I am your host, Kevin Hughes, and this will be the last episode of 2022. I appreciate you guys uh, letting me have last week off for the Christmas holiday. You know, I did some traveling with my family, so that was a lot of fun, but I am back. And for this last episode of 2022, I have an amazing guest. Her name is Jen. She goes by hello whatever on tiktok and she was so amazing so friendly just a great person and it was just an amazing conversation and i know you guys are going to absolutely love it so without further ado here is jen aka hello whatever right here on tiktoking with me kevin hughes tiktoking tiktoking where creators come to play. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking. Find out what they have to say. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking. Fascinating interview. Tick-tocking, a tick-tocking. Tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes. I'm, I'm really glad that you decided you wanted to come on. Yeah, well, I'm not going to lie. I'm mildly intimidated. I looked through all of your other podcasts and all these people are like a lot bigger creators than me. So I was like, okay, I'm like your little creator project. <laughs> no, no, no. See, and, and that's one thing I usually don't do. Like I don't, I don't find people that are huge on TikTok, which is nice to have them sometimes. But I usually look for people who basically have a great personality and and just seem like they can hold a conversation and seem very fun like all your content is amazing and i typically find people on their lives and um what i do if i find them interesting during their lives because typically a person will act about like who they are on their live they'll act pretty normal and then i'll check out their content to see if they're they're you know fun and really outgoing and uh you definitely fit all of those categories well thank you so much i do try to have a good time <laughs> yeah so what made you decide to get on TikTok? Um, well, it was bored during the pandemic, basically. Uh, I was kind of trapped in my house and I started off just watching cat videos. And I actually had a cousin who was making videos and her videos were really silly, and but they were like doing pretty good. And so I thought, well, if my cousin can do it, I can do it. And yeah, so I just jumped on and started just kind of being silly on the internet. And how long did it take you um, until you started really getting noticed on TikTok? I don't know if I would say that I've gotten noticed very much, but I, I had one video that got like, I don't know, like almost viral. I got like um, 200,000 views pretty, like pretty soon after I started doing it. And that kind of gave me the bug a little bit. Mm. So that was, it was a silly video that I made fun of. My cousin was like talking about a dream that she had where her husband was cheating on her. And I basically loaded like a shovel and a bunch of like, you know, like body bearing supplies into the back of my trunk. And it did really well. And I was like, oh, okay. I thought I was just being silly, but people seem to to think it was good. So. Yeah. And this is one of my favorite parts about doing this podcast is when I get to talk to someone that's because we're pretty close and at the same age and to see someone out there doing the kind of silly, stupid nonsense, like I would do. And, and like, like, acting like we're young, younger again. Yeah. I, I think we're still young, but you know, younger. And I just think it's so much fun. Like I think when somebody can do that, like to me, that's way cooler than someone who is like, Oh, I'm too adult to have fun anymore or make silly videos, you know? Well, and I definitely think, um, especially when I very first started the anonymity of TikTok really gave me a lot of freedom. Whereas on all the other social medias like Facebook and Instagram it was all people that I knew in real life. And the TikTok verse is gigantic and obscure. And, you know, I didn't know really know anybody personally. And so that kind of gave me the freedom to just to be as silly as I wanted to be without having to worry about people being like, what is this grown woman doing? Lip yeah. syncing. <laughs> Well, and I had that same kind of fear. I mean, same thing. So my Facebook and my Instagram was really targeted to people I know, family, friends. And I never really tried to 
like gain a following on any of those platforms, you know? And I mean, it was just pictures. Like I was like, Oh, I'll throw a picture up here and there. And I hardly ever did that, you know, but when I got onto TikTok, and it was pretty early on in the <clears throat> pandemic, I didn't tell a single person that I knew that I had TikTok because I was thinking, okay, cause some, I don't know if you've seen any of my content, but I do a lot of goofy, silly stuff and, you know, put myself in movie scenes and just acting kind of ridiculous. And I was like, well, you know, everybody I know is going to judge me. And I had that fear at first. I really did. And then when uh, my account took off and people that I knew started finding me because I was showing up on their for you page and then they were asking me about it, it almost felt like they, I guess, accepted it. Like they were cool about it, maybe because I had a huge following and they could tell other people liked it. Because I'm thinking if I had, you know, 50 followers and I was doing that kind of stuff, they would probably be like, dude, why are you acting stupid on the internet? Da, 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 da. You know, but I think I've grown with it and actually have come to the realization now, like when somebody asks me, I'm pretty open about it. I'm like, yeah, I am. And, and I don't care. I'm having fun, you know? Absolutely. Well, I think I told you this um, in one of our pre-interview chats that when I first started and I would see someone that I knew in real life would start following me, I would block them. <laughs> so, cause I didn't want, I didn't need that in my life. I was like, yeah, no, thank you. I don't, I want to keep this kind of like free. And I didn't want anyone that I would have to like answer to face to face. And I, I figured they'd never know. And back then I think it was, you know, when I like had only like 10,000 followers or, you know, maybe even a little less than that. And I would, st I would block people and be like, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I don't want you. I don't want you following me. I don't need you to see me acting a fool. Now I'm a little bit more open about it, but even still, I definitely don't tell people when okay. I like, I, I wouldn't go to a party and be like, oh yeah, I'm, I do TikToks. I'm on TikTok. So unless they find me organically, I definitely don't tell people, which is kind of funny. I'm the same way. And so I'm curious because you would block close people that were close to you, whether it be family and friends, how many of them reached out to you and was like, why did you block me from TikTok? So if they're close enough to me, I wouldn't block them because then they kind of know okay. me well enough to know. But if it was just like peripheral friends or like, you know, acquaintances, those were the kind of people I would block. Like my sister, I don't care. She knows I'm a goofball. She knows I'm a guru. I, I can't really be embarrassed around her. But it, but it was just like, oh, the other moms from the, from the PTA, Oh, I'm blocking you 100%. You oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of was like, if I know you good enough to know you know me who I am really, then I wouldn't block you. But you have kids, right? Or at least one? I have three. Three. I have three. I have a 20 year old and an 18 year old and a 17 year old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. How do they feel about their mom on TikTok? I think my daughter would describe it as, um, Cring gay, I think is the word she likes to use, which is um, okay. what the kids have for cringe. I'm oh. my content is cringe according to her, and I keep telling her I'm like, well, that's fine because you're not my demographic. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, at first it was really bad. Now that I've like had a couple of videos that did pretty well, um, and I've you know a decent following, now I'm a little less cringy. But yeah. They don't, it's not their favorite thing. Sure. And it's funny because my kids are kind of the same way. And, you know, they'll look at my content and be like, oh my gosh, dad, that's so embarrassing. But then, you know, I'll pick them up from school and their friends will be like, oh, I love your new TikTok or I've been listening to your podcast. And, and then my kids, like, I think they're still embarrassed, but they play along with their friends. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, it's cool. But in all reality, they're probably like, I wish my dad would stop doing this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so my my niece and nephew, who are actually a little bit younger than my kids, they're um, like tweens and like a 13-year-old a, a and an 11-year-old, they think it's very cool. And they okay. like to tell all of their friends about it. And so they think it's cool that their auntie is, you know, TikTok famous, which is obviously it's an overstatement, but that's what they, you know, to them, if you have a hundred thousand followers, that's like, you made it on TikTok because they have like, you know, 72 followers or whatever. So to them, I'm much cooler. My kids, not so much. Well, I agree. I mean, uh, how many followers do you have again? I'm 95,000. 95,000. So I think like, honestly, anybody over 50,000 followers, it's, it's not very common. Like you're probably in the like one to 2%. 
like of the whole TikTok world. I mean, you look at all these different accounts and they have, you know, 50 followers, 500 followers. And I mean, of course, when we're on going on lives and we see all these people that are able to go live, but they have over a thousand followers and it looks like that there's a whole lot of people out there with bigger accounts like that. But I think, you know, there's billions of people, I think, on TikTok now. And so you see, what, a couple thousand on their lives, if that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, in a way, yeah, you you have made it. You like, I mean, 95,000 people, that fills up more than an NFL football stadium. You know what I mean? Like, it's a lot of people. No, definitely. I mean, and it is weird when I think about it because I'm always like, what are they? Why are you here? Kind of like, what? <laughs> but it's kind of exciting and fun. And I, my favorite part of it really has been kind of interacting with all of these people from all over the place that ha- like really kind of find what I'm talking about relatable to them. And it makes me feel like, Oh, maybe I'm not such a goober, you know, maybe what I, you know, other people are kind of going through some of the same stuff that I am. And it just, for me, it, it feels good. It kind of helps me get through the day a little bit to know that I'm not the only one who's like, please bring your dishes down, you maniacs, or whatever silly, you know, thing it is. So, yeah. And so everybody I know, I'm, I'm in Colorado and I live in a smaller town and there's not anybody really that I know that make TikTok content. You know, I think they watch TikTok a lot, but they're not making content. And I think that's part of where my insecurity came from because I was the only one doing it around. And so like, I thought they would judge me. It was really eye opening for me. And back in April, I got invited to the cheer choice awards, which is basically the TikTok awards and just going there and people from every age group, just phones out, making content, not caring who's around doing all their silly stuff in front of everybody. Like they're all by themselves in a mirror or something. And it was just like, you know what? Like, okay, this is my kind of people. Like this is, I I, I definitely feel this. And like everybody out there doing that thing is the same as me. You know what I mean? They're, they're having fun and they're doing it. So I think at that point is when I was like, you know what? I I don't care what, what people think anymore. Like I'm just going to do me. And, and it's, uh, it's been really rewarding to be completely honest. Well, I think I need to get to that level because I definitely, there's times where I'm in public and I want to make a TikTok or at least like record some content. And I feel incredibly self-conscious because I'm like, Mm -hmm. do I want to be that girl that's, you know, taking all these videos all the time? And I get made fun of a lot by my husband. He's always like, you record everything. And then I joke, I'm like, well, babe, I'm an influencer now. Okay. (laughs) Right. But I mean, I don't really think of myself as that. Like that's, that's a joke, but, um, I, I definitely feel very self-conscious about it. Even if I'm just making a video in my car, I'm like looking all around to see is someone looking at me? Do they, are they, what are they thinking? But I'm less and less. I'm like that. Cause I'm like, who cares? Honestly. But yeah. You have to, it's a hurdle. You have to kind of get, get over that. Right. And how's your husband feel about you recording TikToks? Um, so he's mostly okay with it. It's, it's not his favorite. He doesn't, he doesn't watch TikToks. So I'm always trying to tell him about, you know, some trend or something that I think is funny. And he's like, or, you know, a sound that's popular that of course is like playing on repeat in my head. And he's like, what are you saying? Why do you keep saying that? (laughs) He doesn't get it. Um, But I try to include him sometimes just because I tend to get a lot of men in my following. And I always try to like let everyone know I'm very happily married. And and I think that makes him feel better about the whole thing too. But it's not his favorite thing, but he trusts me and he knows that I'm just really trying to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And that it makes me happy. And so if it makes me happy, he's like, you do you, babe, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It's always nice to have your partner or spouse's, like, support, you know, especially when you're doing something like this. Because like we were talking about the insecurities, like, I think it's 100% worse when you don't have the support of your partner or spouse because then you feel like they're judging you as well. And they're the very last person on the wor- in the world you want to judge, you know? Well, and he definitely does not have a problem making fun of me. 
sure. when I'm doing stuff, he's like, I can't even watch you do this right now. <laughs> and he, he doesn't have a problem poking fun at me, but he definitely, he is very supportive, especially now that I've gotten a little bit bigger and he kind of sees like, oh, it's, you know, before it was like hard to explain it when I was like, I have 3000 followers. And he's like, why are you spending so much time doing this? And for me, I was just enjoying it. I was having yeah. fun. I it was funny. I liked the music and all of the sounds. I think are you know some of them are hilarious, and I was just really having a good time with it. And so, but now he's like, okay, now he said he sees it. Okay, this is some. This maybe could be something. It's kind of nice to see that you know our age group is actually doing so well on an app like this. You know. A hundred percent. And when I, I mean, cause I can't dance to save my life. I don't let, really let that hold me back, but I'm not doing any TikTok dances. Right. Um, choreography is, is not, is not my strong suit. And when I first started, I noticed there was all this content geared towards really young people or geared towards um, women, especially, obviously my algorithm leads me to a lot of other, like, you know, feminine content. And it was uh, content geared towards women with small kids. And I was like, man, you know, there's a lot of people like me with older kids and that was kind of I wanted to appeal to those people because I thought that was like a hole in the in the content where there wasn't a lot of jokes about moms who are about to be empty nesters or who are dealing with t the strifes of teenagers and things like that. So that's kind of the hole that I've you know kind of put myself in on TikTok is that you know demographic of other moms who have you know, who don't have little kids. Cause that's a totally right. different struggle, but it's a struggle just the same. Sure. When, uh, you were younger, did you always have kind of like a, I guess an itch for being an entertainer or wanting to do something in the entertainment industry? I mean, well, obviously like every girl my age, I wanted to be a Donna at one point. Okay. And I lip synced to the Like a Virgin album in my uh, bedroom mirror for, you know, months and months at a time. Uh, but really, I, well, I was a teacher. That's what I really wanted to do. That's what I did for a very long time. I taught preschool for years and years. And right before the pandemic, I had moved. And so I was isolated from new people. And I had left all my old friends about an hour and a half drive away. And I was just alone. And so I was really kind of just trying to make friends in a way, you know, and even in, in, in a safe, like, you know, version of making friends on the internet, because I didn't have to worry about getting anyone sick or anyone getting me sick. And that's really kind of how it started. But I mean, I've always kind of dabbled with music, like I play the guitar and the piano and the ukulele, but I'm not good at any of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really barely <laughs> mediocre at all of it. So I've never really been, you know, talented like that. So TikTok is the perfect place for me. <laughs> sure. But what about your content? Like what, um, what inspired you to start making the content that you make? Well, I guess I had always kind of made silly memes just for friends and stuff like that, that I just felt like were relatable to the things that we were all going through. And so this was kind of like a bigger platform to do the same kind of thing. And I've always been the kind of person who can talk to anyone. Like I've had literally had someone in the bread aisle at the grocery store tell me their whole entire life story. Or, you know, I'll go to the bathroom and I come out with three friends. Just that's always kind of <laughs> been my personality. And so I thought this is, you know, I can, I can talk to a lot of people at once. <laughs> and maybe they'll, yeah. you know, find me, I don't know, appealing in some way or they could feel like I'm their friend because I don't know, hashtag relatable. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know? So. I love that by the way. I think that's so cool when someone can have that personality where they attract people to them and they could, you know, make the friendships that quickly. Uh, you don't see a lot of that in the world nowadays. You know, a lot of people are really kind of, they stick to themselves. They're, you know, either, head up or head down, you know, and it's never straightforward. You can never want to make that eye contact. And so it's, it's really nice hearing that because I am the same way. Like I, I will talk to anybody and everybody. Um, my wife, she's like, I don't know how you do it. Like you can just see somebody and start a conversation. And then by the end of it, you guys are like going to hang out the next day or something like that. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, to me, I feel like I attract people that are similar to me. 
So it's easy for me to get along with them, you know? Well, and I always think, you know, a little bit of eye contact and a smile, it really goes a long way. And it's like you said, so many people are either have their face in their phone or for whatever reason, they're intimidated by strangers to make eye contact. And I always feel like every time I'm out or I'm, I don't know, every person could be potentially a new friend or maybe someone who could use my, a smile or a joke. Or I, I also, I don't know, this sounds really silly, but I, if I go out in public and I see something, say I see you and I see your hat and I'm like, man, I really like that hat. I am, I have to tell you like, man, your hat is so cool. I really like that hat. And that's the kind of thing that can change someone's whole entire day. And it's always sincere. I would never say something to someone that I didn't actually feel. But I I just know when someone says something like that to me, man, I'll have a pep in my step. I'll feel like, no, I like your earrings or I like your shirt. Whatever silly thing it is, it, uh, your nails, whatever it is. Changed my whole day. And I walk out. I got my, my little, my heart skips a beat and I feel really happy. And I love the idea that, that that's free. It's zero energy to do that for people, and that's just kind of how I like to live my life. It's just just being honest with people about things that I like about them, because why not? My big thing is, and this embarrasses my family so much, but I do a lot of joking around with, like, cash register attendance. Basically, what I'll do is, so I'm half Hispanic, and, and I'll make up some sort of holiday to try to get a discount, like jokingly. So, you know, they'll ring it up and I'll be like, oh, did you get the the half Mexican 20% uh, off discount? And they're kind of like, what? But then they start laughing because I say, no, I'm kidding. And my wife gets super embarrassed, like, oh my God, don't listen to him. But to me, I'm like, they deal with so many crappy people a day. For me to get them to laugh, and, and even if it is like this guy's an idiot kind of <laughs> laugh, it's still something, you know? And I think a lot of people, in my perspective, probably respect that, you know? Oh, 100%. And I think there's something about being carefree like that in your life and just a little bit of self-deprecation, whatever that, you know, go also I think really goes a long way. So yeah. I think it's, you know, that's really funny. I, I, I love being like that with cash register people all the time. Or I'll start, I'll be like, you just start a whole conversation and my daughter's like, mom, like, why? Why are you talking to this person? <laughs> but I can't even help myself. Honestly, I can't even help myself. Both you and I are creators and we're similar in that way. Like we, we try to make people's day and maybe, you know, my wife or maybe your husband are kind of like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Where me and you, we're thinking, you know what? That person is loving it. So I'm going to go along with it and do it every day. Well, I think there's something about having like a little bit of a free spirit. Yeah. which I've always had. And I don't know if it's because I definitely had kind of like a rougher childhood. So there was a lot of seriousness in my life mm -hmm. when I was young and a lot of kind of sadness and strife. And now I, I, have a, I have a lovely life and I have a lot of really great things going for me. And so I have a lot of joy in me. And I feel like you got to spread that shit around. Yeah. <laughs> like really, I mean, that sounds like a little bit cliche, but honestly, if you've got a little bit of spare happiness to give it, I, you know, it's really nice to share it with people, I think. Yeah. And it's definitely come a long way for me as I've gotten older and matured more. Like it's definitely more important in my life to have that effect on people. Like I, you know, I just went shopping, Christmas shopping with my mom a week ago and at this uh, sports store, we have this huge sports store called Shields. I don't know if you've heard of them, but um, they have this huge board of just tags of children that aren't getting any gifts and like something they want. So like, you know, that's something that was big for me. You know, it's like, you know what? I could spend 15 bucks and go get something at a fast food restaurant or I could make this kid like a really happy child for Christmas and get a gift, you know? So my mom and I grabbed a bunch of tags and we went out and just bought these kids all, you know, all these gifts. And to me, that was special. I love you know? that. Yeah. It was just really special. So, uh, the church that I grew up going to, I was raised, uh, Roman Catholic and we did not have a lot of money. And every year there was at the front of the church at Christmas time, there was a giving tree mm -hmm. and, 
my dad was a single dad. And like I said, we didn't have a lot, but he, every single year he sent us each, my brother and sister and I each down to go to, you basically would take like a little paper off and it would say boy age, whatever, or girl age, whatever. And then you would buy an appropriate gift. And he sent us down there every year, no matter what. I mean, and this man was literally going to like the food pantry sometimes, but he always said we're better off than some people. And every single year he always participated in the giving tree, even when I know that was hard for him. And it probably meant that he wasn't going to get something that he needed or wanted. And so every year I have a friend whose dad died of cancer um, in the early 2000s and they do a toy drive in his name every year. And so we participate in that because I don't go to church anymore, but we participate in that every year in the same kind of way, just because it's, it is so important. And when you, when you are blessed to have, like you have to give back really. Absolutely. I never realized that like, again, until I started getting older, because even if you're just doing okay, you don't have a Mercedes, but you have food in your fridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you have a car that gets you to and from work. There are so many people. So my wife actually, so she used to teach preschool. And uh, so similarity there. She taught at one point for a couple of years, she taught at a school that was for basically families that didn't have money. So it was very, I guess, low income families and basically so they provided the service the preschool service for free i mean she said so many times kids would come to school in a blizzard here in colorado and in shorts and no jacket because they don't have anything and she would have to make home visits um, as part of of her job and she said there was so often that you would literally walk into this basically completely run down like you could tell it was low-income housing and all they had in the entire house was one little tiny mattress on the living room floor. And that's the only piece of furniture they had. Oh my God. And, and yeah. And I mean, and that's why she couldn't do it anymore. I mean, it's heartbreaking. I, I didn't even see it, but just hearing the stories was just like, it, it took a toll on me. And I'm just like, man, I cannot imagine, you know, like I've worked very hard in my life to get to where I'm at today. And I, I think that some people just haven't had the opportunity. I'm sure they've worked hard at things, but they just didn't have, I, I don't, I don't even want to call it luck, just opportunities, you know, and it's really hard to look at. And I, I really, sometimes I, I try to point it out to my kids, you know, because as a kid, you know what you know and you see what you have yeah. and you don't realize there's people out there that don't live like we do or, you know, they'll see friends that live even better than we do. And, and they think, oh, why can't we live like that? So I try to always point that out, you know, and I try to have my kids get involved, whether it's, you know, going to the homeless shelter or, you know, talking to them about other children and, and their positions, I guess, that they're currently live in and be appreciative that, yeah, you may not like that broccoli, but I'm telling you right now, there's so many kids out there that would love to eat that broccoli because it's something in their belly, you know? And I really tried to put that into my children because I think, you know, when I'm gone, I hope that they carry on the, the, the kindness and, and the love for other people. We, I, as a mother, I have always tried to instill community service in my children. Um, first of all, I always feel really good selfishly. It makes me feel really good to be giving back to my community. And at the same time, I know that you, you can really do a lot. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it doesn't take much to really change at least one day in someone who has need. And it's, you know, my kids have, they have been very fortunate. They've never had need. They have had wants for sure, but they've never had real need. And we have donated in the past. They've done a lot of things in Scouts, Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts and things like that. And where we would do uh, a lot of donations to the, like a foster program that was really close uh, to where we used to live. And I think even then they're still like a little bit removed and we could tell them all about it. But until you really kind of see for yourself, it's really hard for them to understand, I think, what it's like or to talk yeah. to a kid who really 
who has no home, who has no parents that are accountable for them at the time, you know? So. Yeah. And so many times I've seen it at, you know, the schools when I'm either picking up a kid and I'm listening to kids talk to each other and it's like, what, you don't have a Nintendo switch or what you guys don't have a, a an 80 inch TV in your living room or, you know, and, and it makes the other kid confused and like, feel like they're, I guess, less important, you know? And, and it's, I, I think, I don't know. I, I think that it's really hard to, to see first off, but I think we live in a world now where we're, where people are really teaching your, their kids the wrong way. You know, they're, they're not making them appreciate what they have. And instead they're spoiled to the point where they think in some which way or form, they deserve it. You know what I mean? Like they have to have it because they deserve it. And, and I hope that's something that, that changes because, you know, like we've been saying this whole time, it's just people, I don't care who you are, what you do for a living. Everybody deserves to be happy and everybody deserves to have a roof over their head and, and food in their stomach. We, we lived in Silicon Valley for um, about 15 years and the school that my kids went to there, the like socioeconomic status of the people that were there was so varying from 35 year old, you know, tech investors that were already retired, you know, millionaires to kids that literally did not have lunch. And it was just such a huge like chasm economically where like, yeah, this one kid has everything you could possibly ever want and then some. And this other kid literally doesn't comes to school every day without socks. And so in some ways, my kids were kind of fortunate because they did kind of get to witness both ends of the spectrum. And we're definitely like way, you know, left in the middle of there. But um, I think it was kind of good for them to be in such an urban space where they really had like they got to kind of see both sides of things, um, yeah. even if they were a little young to fully comprehend what was actually going on. We definitely try to instill that in them. And hopefully, hopefully it sticks now that they're a little bit older. And I, I hope that it stays with them. Yeah. And that's amazing. I, I always enjoy talking to people who, who have that kind of heart and uh, feel that kind of way, because like I said, it's just important and we need more of that in this world to be completely honest. And now, so you were talking about your childhood a little bit earlier and I'm, I wanted to ask you this earlier, but we got in another conversation, but where did you grow up? Where are you originally from? Um, I grew up in Hawaii. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I grew up in Hawaii until I was about 11 and then I moved to the Bay area and that's, that's kind of where I grew up in the San Francisco Bay area. So how did uh, you meet your husband? Um, we met at a new year's Eve party. Oh, cool. Uh, so then we actually then got married on new year's Eve. Oh, so that's our wedding anniversary because we met at he was my cousin's roommate. Uh, my my cousin, he's uh, his sister was my very best friend, my other cousin. And she was like, my brother's having a party. Come. And I was like, I do not want to go to your brother's preppy party. I'm sorry. I was like, <laughs> no way. You're I don't want to go with all his preppy friends. I did not want anything to do with it. And she was like, just come. It will be fun. And I went and then he was actually. The first person I saw when I walked in the door and we joke now, like he's six foot five and I'm five, nine and I was in heels and we thought it was like, Oh, like it was just romantic. We're like, no, we were just, we're so tall. We could see over everybody. <laughs> so that's why we <laughs> like, we're the first people we saw, <laughs> but yeah. And then basically that was, um, uh, new year's Eve, 1999. Okay. And we have been together since pretty much since that day. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, please tell your husband I said happy early anniversary. Thank you. I will. It's uh, This is our 21st wedding anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. Yeah, it's exciting. A lot of people don't, a lot of people don't make it that, that long. I, you know, I heard that. <laughs> I've heard that recently. I, yeah. And I, and I, and that makes me kind of sad because there's definitely something to be said for not having to worry about that part of your life mm -hmm. and having like a constant companion and a rock to lean on. It's really, yeah. really, 
It makes every other thing I do in my life is easier because I always have him by my side to just love me and support me and catch me when I fall. And so I'm very, very fortunate. Yeah. So amazing. How about you? How long have you been married? I was, I'm part of the statistics, I guess, because uh, I, this is my second marriage. And uh, so my first marriage, I had three children. And then when I met my current wife, uh, she had three children and she just went through a divorce as well. And then we had one together. So we've, we've got seven kiddos all, all together. Wow. We're a combined family. Yeah. It's uh pretty crazy, but we've been married now five years. And actually yesterday was our eight years of our dating anniversary. Congratulations. So Thank you. So I, I think, you know, now, I mean, I was younger when I got married the first time and, you know, I'll always be grateful for the children that, that I have. Um, but I definitely think my wife now and I are, are definitely the right match, you know? Well, and I'll tell you what, I grew up in a household where my dad had three kids with his first wife and he married a woman who had three kids of her own. They didn't have a child together, but we always joked that we were the Brady Bunch and my That's dad's exactly what I say. <laughs> my dad's second wife was definitely the right person for him to be with. And my dad actually passed this year, which oh, is I'm sorry. sad. Thank you. Um, but she, my stepmom is adopting me. I'm 45 years old. Oh, wow. And she's adopting me. We're actually, uh, the adoption will be final in January. We just did all of this because she's really kind of been my mom since I was like 14. And, and she, she's my mom. And so I think, you know, family, it doesn't have to be blood. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, so my father-in-law actually passed away this year as well. Oh, I'm so, sorry. Uh, so yeah, so we definitely, and especially my wife knows what you went through. I definitely agree with that because I mean, I don't, I don't treat her kids any different than I treat my own kids, you know, and their dad is very much involved in their life still. Like he, he still has them 50% of the time. And then um, my ex-wife has our kids 50% of the time. So there's some rough patches. I mean, there, there's always going to be that, you know, he's not your real dad. She's not your real mom. And which I think is so silly because at this point it's like, you know, just like allow your kids to speak freely and, and feel comfortable around another person, you know, but it is what it is. So we do have bumps in the road, but for the most part, they have to beat around the bush on anything and they're pretty open and they talk to me and my kids talk to my wife. And so all in all, it's pretty good, but we do, we have that same thing. We call ourselves the Brady Bunch. And um, it's funny whenever we go to purchase a car, we always need something larger with a third row. And we tell, you know, the dealer that, okay, this is what we're looking for. We have seven kiddos. And he's like, uh, do you want a school bus? Like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you know, eventually we might get a school bus and trick it out. Just they to have those cool vans now too. I yeah. think a lot of people got those really cool vans. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause I have a suburban, but that's not going to cut it for you. Ah, uh, suburban works. So, well, not if you want to ride with them. <laughs> well, oh, well, I guess. Okay. It works if you have the, the, um, bench in the front too. Oh yeah. 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 So, but I guess that's still, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, but so on our end, we're kind of lucky, I guess, I guess this is why it works for us because the way it worked, worked out was the 50% of the time that I have my kids, that's the same time their her kids are with their dad. So we really only have four kids at a time, which I think has actually worked well because a lot of people are like, well, don't you want them all to be together and be close? And it's like, yes, but at the same time, we want them to have that special time with their mom or their dad, you know, and not have us occupied by other people because I think that would make them feel more, I guess, out of the loop and, and, and their comfort level will just go down. You know, we do have them all occasionally, but just not every week. Yeah. I mean, well, it's definitely hard to divide your attention by seven mm -hmm. Four is a much more manageable number to divide your attention by. So I can see why that would be. <laughs> yeah. Be especially better. with the age. Yeah. Especially with the age gaps. I mean, we have, 
a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 5-year-old. You almost got all the ages covered there. You're you're really close. Very close. Very close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I told my wife that. I was like, it's kind of crazy to think that pretty much we had kids around the same time, but like had no idea that that was going on in your life or my life, and now we're together. And so, and some back history with my wife and I. So I knew my wife back in high school, but she was my sister's friend and my sister's age. So by the time I, when I graduated high school is when her and my sister were going into their freshman year. So we were never in school together, but I just knew her because she was friends with my sister. And I was actually friends with my wife's sister who was around my age. So kind of weird how it all came to and fell into place like that. But uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, hey, that just means it was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So growing up in Hawaii, tell me about that. Like, what did you do out there for fun and how amazing was it? Is it, you know, as glamorous as it is when you go on vacation or is it more of, uh, you get sick of it because you're on an island and basically everything that that comes to you is triple in price because they have to ship it all. Well, I don't really remember the struggles of the prices because I was, mm. you know, I was pretty young. True. I can tell you that when I moved to California, I had never owned a real pair of shoes. Oh. I, I only ever had flip flops or sandals. Oh, wow. um, I didn't own a jacket. And when I did finally move to California, I think I was in sixth grade or the end of my fifth grade year. And I'm living just outside of San Francisco where it's granted it doesn't snow, but I was freezing cold all of the time. Like I was, I've never been so cold. I was like, what is happening? How is it not snowing? It was definitely, that was an adjustment. Um, we, uh, in my, my class and my, when I went to preschool and like kindergarten, our PE was we would go into swim in the ocean and there was like a rock wall, uh, like along the edge of like the out, everything is outside. So like the cafeteria was like where all the benches where you would eat were. And there was like a rock wall and the boys would change their clothes on one side of the wall and the girls would change their clothes on the other side of the wall. And then we just go swim in the ocean. And that was our PE. Oh, wow. So yeah, it was definitely uh, a different way of life. Um, and I, where I lived on Oahu in Haleiwa, which is the North shore kind of by, uh, well now it's called Turtle Bay Hilton, but back then it was called the Queen Lima back in the seventies. That was like the countryside of the Island. So Mm. that was where all the locals lived. And so I grew up basically speaking pigeon. And when I moved to California, I talked like this and everybody made fun of me because I was always talking like when I moved to California, they made fun of my, the way I talked and they were like, what's wrong with you? Because <laughs> I was speaking pigeon <laughs> when I moved to California. So that was definitely an adjustment. Um, but I still, when I go back to Hawaii, even to this day, it smells like home. It is very, very nostalgic to me. And I always joke with my husband, like, that's where I want to die. Like t- that's where I would like to retire and go back to, um, because it really is paradise and it's, there's really nothing like it in the whole, in the whole world. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've never been to Hawaii, but that is probably on the top of my list of places that I will visit probably within the next five to 10 years. So I've been to a lot of beaches. I've been to California beaches, Northern California beaches, Southern California beaches. I've been to beaches on both sides of Mexico. I've been to Jamaica. I've been to the Bahamas. I've been a lot of, I've been to Florida. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to Hawaii beaches. I'm just telling you like the, it's just, it's, it's amazing. If you, if you haven't gone, go right now, just get on the plane right now and go. It's a must. It's absolutely. Okay. Meli Kaliki Maka. Go spend Christmas in Hawaii. It's it's a must do. So all those places you named other than Hawaii, I have been to and have been on beaches in all those locations. And I mean, I've been to some really nice beaches, which I thought were, you know, the greatest thing I've ever seen. And you're telling me that it doesn't even compare. So now, yeah, you've made me definitely like it's in my head now. Like now, 
it's it's on it's it's happening for sure <laughs> i like to consider myself a beach aficionado <laughs> yeah yeah I, like i said i'm from colorado and i'm we're trying to eventually move out of colorado i am definitely a warm weather beach kind of person and you know here we have the snow in the mountains and it's beautiful don't get me wrong like the rocky mountains are absolutely beautiful but uh because you have one life some people want to spend it all here, but I definitely want to venture out and uh, experience more of the world in a living situation. A hundred percent. And I mean, hey, Southern California, if you're looking for that beach life. Yeah, I lived in L.A. Um, for a couple of years. I actually so I used to edit movies and TV shows in Hollywood. And wow. so I yeah, so I actually lived in L.A. for a couple of years and I absolutely loved it in that general area i never could see myself raising a family uh but i mean i've gone to like huntington beach and and different places in san diego and yeah i would say more like san diego la would be hard because la is just the traffic alone is honestly a reason to like Yep. Check LA off the list. I because I do love LA and it's um it is a beautiful, but it is very very crowded. Oh yeah, I owned a car, but it just sat there. I rode my bike everywhere because it was just so much easier. Yeah, I, I bet. rode my bike to work. I, I would walk or run or ride my bike, and I had a <laughs> I had a really nice Volvo that just sat there and <laughs> didn't. It, it was I guess for everybody to look at on the street. So. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That is. But so what brought your family to Hawaii originally? Are are they natives or was it a work thing? Uh, So one of my uncles um, went there on vacation and was like, I'm staying. Uh, He got a job there. And then he slowly recruited um, his brother, who's my dad, his sister, a bunch of his cousins. And then at one point, um, like I had most of my family living in Hawaii. Basically, he said, he was kind of a hippie and he was like, you guys got to come. This is the most amazing place I've ever been. And he slowly recruited all of our family. And so then I was just living there with all my cousins and my aunties and uncles. And yeah. And then he was actually then the first one to head back to the mainland, which is what we used to call California. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, and he came back for work and then we slowly all trickled back. And actually my, one of his brothers, my uncle just moved back to California uh this year and they were all grew up in san francisco like in the 60s so he's just now and he kept his house there he actually lived in kailua on oahu but he just moved back um to california this year so he was the last one wow that's absolutely amazing and and i'm curious i mean i know you were young i am curious maybe you've um as you've grown you've looked this up or studied it a little bit more but like what what is out there job wise? Like what's the main source of income out there that people do? So, um, main right now, they just started selling, doing a lot of coffee, but it's always been agriculture. Okay. Um, but m- ironically enough, my family was in the screw business. <laughs> they sold screws for a living. Okay. <laughs> um, um, uh, basically construction supply. And because at the time too, it was really, everything was like, growing a lot on the islands and so they needed a lot of construction supply and so they sold screws wow as a matter of fact i grew up with shirts that said uh screw with the best and forget the rest (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome hey i mean honestly if you could sell screws and afford to live out in hawaii I say you're doing pretty well. Right? Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, absolutely. they sold other stuff, drywall. It was basically like a construction supply, but screws was their main their main business. They like to call themselves the Mercedes-Benz of screws. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And then, okay, so now with your content, now that you've grown, now that you've kind of established this new creator, influencer type lifestyle... Do you have a goal that you want that you're kind of looking towards in the future? Do you have something that you want to strive for with this, uh, I guess, social media type uh, industry? Um, you know, that's really it's hard because especially right now, I'm at this kind of weird place where I can't support myself 
like off of my social media. Sure. Um, but it takes a huge amount of time. And so it's, kind of, I always feel guilty when I, cause I still have my life. I still, my kids come first, you know, I have to take care of my house and uh, there's still so much that I have to do in like my real life that TikTok often kind of gets put a little bit on the back burner. Like this week is a perfect example. I don't think I posted a video like since Monday and sure. you know, they say you're supposed to post every day. So I guess at this point it would just be to get to the point where I had enough free time that I could really kind of devote myself more to doing it just to see where it does go. Cause yeah. who knows, you know, I, maybe it will flop. I mean, maybe they're going to, I heard they might even ban TikTok in the United States. Yeah. I know they've been saying that for a couple of years. I, the popularity <laughs> and the money that it brings, I mean, they're sponsoring NHL teams and, and everything now. I just don't, I, I can't see them banning something that brings so much money into uh, the U.S. personally. Well, I think there would also be a lot of backlash. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. TikTok's definitely changed social media in a whole different way. Oh, I mean, honestly, I don't really use any other social media at this point. Yeah, so me if, neither. Other. If you don't text me, like if we aren't in having a text exchange, like private, like personally, like I used to be on Facebook all the time and never, ever am on Facebook anymore. Well, actually, it got really toxic for me. Yeah. Around um, 2020, with the, uh, the whole election thing, I was like, ugh, goodbye. I don't need this. This is too, ugh, no thank you. And so I really, that's kind of when I stopped being on Facebook um, completely. Yeah, we're very similar when it comes to that as well, because I really moved away from Facebook because, one, the politics, and two, because I was really tired of reading when someone goes to the bathroom and have to wipe their ass or, you know, what they had for dinner. I it just, to me, I was just like, okay, this is ridiculous. So really TikTok is the only platform that I really use now. I do use uh, Instagram, but mainly to communicate with people for this podcast because it seems like Instagram has a best, a better messenger setup than TikTok does. Uh, so a lot of the time, you know, when I'm asking people to come on, they're like, oh yeah, DM me, DM me on uh, Instagram. And, and that's how we start communicating. Um, by the way, which I loved that with you, it was so easy. You're like, Hey, can I give you a call? And I was like, that is the best <laughs> way possible. Like so much easier. So, but uh, I mean, I get it though, too. Like I'm some random guy that just popped into your live and said, Hey, you want to come on my podcast? And you know, it's like, do you, can't trust everybody you know so i i completely get it oh, but i definitely was like i want to look at that's why i was like send me all your stuff first and i looked at it all before i was i was because i'm definitely very wary yeah, i and have, you have to be um i might one of my very first lives i i was really new to it i just had a thousand followers i started a live um some guy came in and he was being really nice and friendly and then he started sending me all these really creepy messages and that was like one of my very first experiences with TikTok, and I was like, ah, like, no, thank you, sir. And so I've been very careful ever since then about like never saying exactly where I'm from um, and just kind of being very vague about like certain personal things in my life just because the internet is big and there's a lot oh, yeah. of crazy people in the world. <laughs> yeah, you absolutely have to be careful. And I mean, I'll be honest, and everybody's equal, and I'm not saying anything in a negative way, but like, I feel like women are definitely targeted a lot more than men are. Like I have never personally received those kind of messages where it was really weird or strange or worried that someone was going to, you know, stalk me or something like that. But I do hear a lot of females and, you know, good looking females that get that all the time because unfortunately, you know, speaking of my own gender, like a lot of men are, are pigs, you know, they truly are. <laughs> well, and I, and I have to say, it hasn't been a ton. Like, of course, Good. you always get the weirdos that pop in your live and, you know, my moderators will just block them really fast. But I haven't had a lot of really bad experiences. So Good. that just happened to be one of my very first experiences was this kind of like low key creeper. But other than that, I've actually mostly have had people be super respectful to me which has been really nice. 
Um, but I also don't really do, I don't do like thirst traps generally, you know, like my, yeah. I, I try to rock that like quirky, relatable gal, not really like, but donk you know, that's not really my <laughs> yeah thing. So that probably maybe spares me a little bit of that, but it reminds me of that John Mulaney. I don't know if you know that comedian that he talked about. Uh he's like um he's a uh, he does a whole bit where he talks about how he saw, he was trying to catch a train and he saw this woman in front of him and he was like she's running the train must be late so he started running behind her and then he's like she's running faster and he's like wait a minute it's because i'm a man and we rape people <laughs> i don't know if you <laughs> i have not but that i mean i could i envisioned it the whole time you were just talking about that that's hilarious he's the whole great. time she's scared of him running away yeah and he's like <laughs> i don't know Oh, that's hilarious. That's amazing. What was his name? I want to look him up. Oh my gosh. He's one of my favorite. John Mulaney. He's so funny. He's Does so he funny. have a, uh, anything on Netflix? Oh, uh, probably, probably. Okay. I, I've never looked for him on Netflix, but he probably does. I used to listen to a lot of like, uh, comedy on, um, Spotify and Pandora. And, okay. but yeah, but he, he probably definitely does. Cause he was, he's pretty popular. Awesome. I'm definitely going to look him up. Yeah, he's great. This has been amazing. And I have some lightning round questions I usually like to end the show with, if you're okay with that. All right, let's shoot. Okay. So if you won the lottery, what would be your first purchase? Oh, geez. Um, a house in Hawaii. Okay. That makes sense. I would probably <laughs> do the same. <laughs> um, how do you want to be remembered? Um, I want to be remembered as, um, a caretaker, as someone who was, uh, always trying to take care of other people. Okay. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Uh, peanut butter and chocolate. Oh, perfect. That's my favorite too. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. We have a lot of similarities. That it's is awesome. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you could take, and I, th I think this is going to be similar to the first question, but if you could take a two week vacation anywhere in the world, where would you go? Right now I would go to Spain. Oh, okay. Cause I've never I been to say Spain. No, cause well, I've, I go to Hawaii all the time. I go and oh. at least every other year or so I, but I've never been to Spain and I, it is on my list. So I would go to Barcelona. Awesome. Okay. And then finally, who is your favorite TikTok creator? Oh man, that is hard. Jeez. Um, oh, I don't know. Probably. <laughs> this is going to sound so cheesy. I don't know if you know who hot Gina is. The name sounds familiar, actually. I, I can't picture her right now, but the name does sound familiar. So she's basically just like a mom, like 40-something mom, and she always kind of makes fun of her husband and in, a, in like in a fun-loving way, and I just think she is really, really funny. So she's probably my one of my favorite. That She was the first one that came to mind. So Amazing. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Jen, I'm telling you, to go back to when we first started this interview – and you said that you looked at my stuff and I had so many like big creators on. Why did I ask you? This conversation proves exactly what I was saying. Like I had so much fun getting to know you and talking to you. And this has been just such a joy. And I, and I, I loved it. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed it too. And I was nervous, but you really put me at ease. And, and I just, I feel really lucky that you asked me to do this. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And you're welcome back anytime. If you have something else going on uh, and you want to put it out there in the world, please just let me know and you are more than welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. And before we go, I would like you to, if you feel like it, please plug your social media where you want people to, to find you or look you up or anything like that. Uh, check me out. I'm at Hello Whatever on both Instagram and TikTok. That's really it. And yeah, so I would love to see you guys there. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I appreciate your time. And um, I'm so excited to release this episode and let everybody, I guess, introduce you to this side of the world. Well, thank you so much. All right. Well, you have a great night. Okay. You too. All right. Bye-bye. TikToking with Kevin Hughes. What an amazing episode to end the year, right? How amazing was she? Jen is just, like I said at the beginning, she's just so polite, good-hearted, 
it's so nice to talk to people like that and and that's one of my favorite things about doing this show i get to talk to so many amazing people and she was just another one to add to the list so fun well i hope you guys had an amazing 2022 and i hope you have an amazing 2023 and we are going to start off the year with the first episode being a new year's episode and i'm super excited about it i have some surprises in store so i can't wait for you guys to hear it next week so until then be safe this new year's eve have a blast spend time with your families and remember you never know if you're going to get another one so make the most out of it we'll talk to you guys later bye bye now